This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Yes, thank you for staying with us in this last hour of Power Talk. You're not just listening to Lerato Mbele. Now you're going to be listening to a great sage, a great uh, performer, uh, a great writer, uh, and a great narrator of uh, African history. She uses her words to journey us through uh, the ancient times, and she uses her words to carry us into the hearts of many African women and the many obstacles, challenges they've traversed, but also the many victories they have won. She is the nation's grandmother, (laughs) storyteller. And when I say grandmother, she is, you know, for all the little ones, she is the, the gogo who read to them visually on television for years and years and years and helped a nation to learn how to read. She gave us a love for the illuminating spoken word that she brings to life uh, in a very performative way. Uh, She is a giant in the arts in South Africa and her contributions have led her to many, many honours. In her life, she has been... Um, the champion of literacy in South Africa. And we know when we hear that grade four learners struggle with comprehension, you see why the work of a Glinam Lope really matters. Uh, she has led and run the campaign Nozinwadi, uh, Mother of Books Literary Campaign, since 2001. She's received an honorary doctorate uh, and uh, awards such as the National Icon Award uh, from Zansi Magic. She has received a gold award from the Kennedy uh, Center for International Arts and Artists. She has been celebrated in South Africa and abroad for merging her spoken words, storytelling with music. She's won a Sama Award uh, and she's been involved in many Uh, projects of cultural preservation. Not least, she has used her artistry to tell us the story of the iconic Zulu queen, the mother of the great warrior king, Shaga, as Queen Nandi, a queen in her own right. Good morning. A very, very good morning to you, Lorato. How are you doing? I'm fine, ma'am. How are you this morning? I am very well, and um, in fact, yesterday we had what we call a Grateful Thursday. We do it every week, and I had an amazing day at a school in Peter Maritzburg, and the power of the arts was unshaken, the sports, the what. You know, when you hear ugly things about schools, I mean, somebody come to that school and see good things happening. Learners, students, teachers, you name it, they are happening. I mean, we were revitalized, and we thought, yes! That's the way to start 2024. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving this concept of a Grateful Thursday because I think it could apply in any setting. So what prompted oh, yeah. it and what are you grateful for? What are the sorts of things that you conjure up and channel uh, and remember to express your gratitude for? You know, uh, since we started um, celebrating Grateful Thursday, first as a family, mm-hmm. and the next thing, it, it, it poured into the organization, Kunamasigo Arts and Heritage. And when we go out as part of the Nozengwati Literacy Campaign, if, it, if the date falls on a Thursday, we make sure that 
the schools or the places we are visiting, they know about Grateful Thursday. Mm. One of the things that I'm grateful for is to visiting a school like um, like Edendale Technical High School. They are amazing academically. They are amazing in the creative arts. They acquire things like you won't believe. That mm. old style of choir, mm. not the new one. The I'm old a, style. I'm a colors. We are born, no, no, not chorus, <laughs> proper choral music, or AD, on Antra Otto, Remy Faso, we are born the old style of singing, oh and that's gosh. what is missing today. And, um, and and those are the kind of learners that will make it to study music at university. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 uh, the soccer players, I mean, the, one of their soccer, the stu- ex-students is playing for Mamilari Sundowns. Two of their uh, ex-students um, are now part of Banyana Banyana. I mean, it, it, the, the, the list is endless. Mm-hmm. So we came back swelling with pride yesterday. But also for me personally, one of the things I'm grateful for is good health. I mean, I cannot thank God, thank God enough for good health. I celebrated my 64, 50, 65th birthday, uh, 24th October in um, 2023 last year. Wow. And I'm just, I'm filled with joy for that. Wow. And I just come back from London and my daughter, Noma Kwezi, at Goldsmith University, University she was, whoa, uh, graduating her master's degree. Oh, so congratulations. I was a proud mother. As soon as they called out her name, I stood up and I ululated. I said, sorry, my British man, I can't help myself. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you should. And it's a moment of pride. Um, you know, as we've grown up around you, we've also grown with Kwezi because we always knew you are Kwezi's mother first oh, and foremost, foremost before the mother of Every other <laughs> child going to school. So it's really wonderful to hear the great strides. Congratulations. Absolutely. And yeah, wow, you yeah, do yeah, not look a day over 50. So I am a grown-up. You are a grown-up. Yeah, it's a serious age, 65. It's a serious age, yeah? It's a, oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you don't thank God for that, yeah. something is wrong with you. I smile from ear to ear because um, uh, when people are embarrassed about age, me, I celebrate. Every year, the Almighty has blessed me with yeah. this huge blessing arisen for me to talk about vitamin gratitude. Yeah. That's what I live on. But you know, the people who are comfortable with their age are the ones who look younger than what they really are. That's why. So the ones who are being called mama and they're not in the mama zone, they get very offended but no, they're looking I, but they're looking the part so what must we say so when are you say? when are people are still saying to you sis Trina, and then you want to correct them no because you know you look you look like you're 52 and it's a it's a wonderful wonderful gift and i'm not saying it to flatter you you know it's absolutely true. thank you Loretta. thanks for having me. really okay. it, and it's such an important uh, platform to be on on, yeah. on power fm knowing the subjects and the topics yeah. that you you tackle and it's not easy but oh. we have to tackle those topics. <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not the guillotine here. Okay, Mam Klina, I love your organization, the, the, the foundations you founded uh, at Klina Masigo Heritage Center. It speaks to the need to preserve culture, especially yes. at a time where we're hearing, for instance, you know, it's the start of the school year. Many parents are saying we can't find um, uh, vernacular language medium schools where our kids can be taught in mother tongue because for that to happen we have to have teachers who've graduated at the highest level masters or phd level in an indigenous language and not many people have done it so it's hard to find a great school 
that is a Susutu medium school, a Sebedi medium school, a Tsonga medium school mm-hmm. that can offer mm-hmm. the same quality of education as what we call an English medium school, an Afrikaans medium school. And we end up sending our kids to Afrikaans medium schools where they're going to be learning all manner of subject with Afrikaans as a first language. And then we are worried they're going to lose their indigenous language at home. And so people said, until the universities produce that caliber of academic in a vernacular language who writes, reads, and documents and archives in the local language, you can't do it. And the question is, why not? Why are we not seeing this happening? First of all, our government decided to tell everybody that you must do mathematics and science. That's number one priority. And they've done this from day one, from when we gained our freedom. And I would be so happy if they could show us the evidence that since 1994, these are the amazing uh, graduates who've excelled in science and mathematics because then we would be saying, this thing is helping us. We are inventing. We are creating things that we can export. We can do this. For me, show me the evidence, somebody, instead of just saying mathematics and science is, is mm-hmm. a number one priority. I support. I support mathematics and science, but please don't forget your mother tongue because you are this engineer, you are this scientist, you are this um, um, uh, pilot, you are this what, from which culture, from which background. Mm-hmm. If you come from Toyando, why can't you speak Shivenda? Huh? If you come from Ekesi, why can't you speak Isikosa? If you come from Nongoma, why can't you speak Sizulu? If you are from Mahikeng, why can't you speak Sichuan? So it is important then for people to study all manner of, um, of, um, of subjects and, and, and excel in different professions mm-hmm. and be managers, CEOs, bank managers, and all of that. But don't forget your background. Because when we travel in different countries, we find people who are so proud of where they come from. Mm-hmm. Because when they ask us certain questions, how do you say this in your mother tongue? You don't know how to say it. Yeah. And so how do you help uh, with the work that you do? Because your work encompasses literature, storytelling, linguistics, mm. culture, poetry. poetry. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you help to preserve language um, that oral history documenting it so that it's not just passed down through the stories we're told, but it's actually archived. You know, one of the things um, that, uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of in the work we've been doing, we are celebrating constantly the power of art in education, mm. power of art in education. Every single school we visit, whether it's primary schools or high schools, whether it's universities, by the way, wherever there's education, we, we hit the, 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 the ground and we get there and work with the... But also we choose schools that have got leaders who've got fire. I'm not bored. I'm not doing this out of boredom. So mm. I need to work with leaders who've got the fire. Mm. If they don't have the fire, I'm not interested in working mm. with them. I think it's unfair on the learners, but uh, we need to, 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 to work with leaders who are going to carry on what we are sharing with them. And language is crucial. And many of the books we donate for their school libraries are books in indigenous languages. Depending if we are in Kwakwa, we make sure we bring Susutu books. If mm-hmm. we go, like when we went to Marikana Secondary School, make sure that we bring Sichuana books. So wherever we are going, we bring books of all kinds, but we make sure that, and also brand new books, so that when they touch the books, mm-hmm. when they look at them, and some of the books might be secondhand donated to us by people who are downsizing in their homes, yeah. but they're very well taken care of. And so all of those mm-hmm. things, we need to share that. Number two. We encourage our young people to know about some of the, 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 the giants in the heritage space. 
You see, mm. some of the places they are doing fine art, they've never heard of Gerard Sikot. Yes. Like, what, what do you mean? Yes. They've never heard of Usem uh, Kengetwa. They've never heard of George Pemba or who did two of my first books, by the way. Ila said two of my first books ever. There are so many fine artists. Or And then you go to a place where a, a, a giant was born, like Osis Nom Senkonyeni, or Winston John, or the great doctor of John Kani, and all of these people. People have never heard of these people. No, no, no. We've got to encourage them to know who was born in the area where your school mm-hmm. is based so mm-hmm. that you catch a wake up and you feel proud. Mm. Cultural preservation matters. In fact, it's something we spoke about very briefly this week on a slot we call the Culture Corner, where we were mm. saying, you know, there's a there's now a little bit of a debate now that technology is able to reconstruct images of the past about the fact that pharaohs were black, and it's something that really uh, inspired so much conversation uh, oh, on yes. the show. It, it was intriguing for me to know, and and Absolutely. really the issue is, you know, why. Why do we not know what we need to know? And why do Western scientists believe that they are the custodians of African history, anthropology and heritage? Where are the local scientists to debunk these myths, to rewrite the history, to capture it, to preserve it? You know, there are people who are doing some of the work, you know. For instance, uh, one of my favorite um, topics is astronomy. Mm. No? African astronomy, mm. and um, when we look at indigenous languages and, uh, and the, the power of storytelling, when we are reclaiming Africa's contribution yeah. to the, 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 this amazing, amazing called astronomy, yeah. the stars guided us. The moon guided what we do with our lives when we plant the seeds in the ground, when we harvest, when we, when we can go hunting, when we have to refrain from hunting, uh, when, we, when our new year was. Not the yeah. new year that was uh, decided by the colonizers. The fact yeah. that we had a 13-month um, um, calendar and all of those things. So it is taking place, but uh, we need to have um, a partnership and a good relationship with the media to say, while you are telling us on about uh, Beyonce's ties and whatever other things you want to share with us, can you just have a bit of useful information for us as Africans? Yeah. Because unless it's in the media, because young people especially consume a lot via yeah. media, all the, the TikTok yeah. and um, um, you go to Facebook and well, Twitter, or X. I can't call it X. I just say... Course. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there are all of these reasons. So let's put this information in platforms where they are visible again and again. And those of us who are lucky to be working in spaces where we're working with people who have the knowledge, let's share it. And yeah. every time I go to, you know, my, when I when I go talk about Usi Abule Lakosa, mm-hmm. many, many people have never heard of him. And there is a planet named after him now, Lakosa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hello. Yeah. And, and when uh, Michelle Obama was there presenting and announcing, Usi Akluza, a young, a young, you know a young scientist about? whilst he was studying in the US. Yeah, he had a, a whole asteroid named after him. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yes, ma'am. See? And last year, after my birthday, uh, I think um, when we did, we go. And you remember we had uh, snow on the 2nd of November. Yes. Like, what's happening? Mother Nature, please yes. talk to me. <laughs> yes. But on the 9th of November, I took a delegation from KZN, delegation of five, with me 
Uh, I was the only older person. And we went with our guide, who sends on Tembu, and we went to the Drakensberg mountain. Mm-hmm. We went to Kwakwa and we parked the car at the at the um, at the base there, and we were driven to the starting point, and we hiked five hours to the wow. very top of the Drakensberg mountain, and it was hard. It was not easy at all, but we made it. And when we got to the very top, the summit, it was unbelievable. You've never seen a site like that, and the clouds were below us. It was just before sunset. Yeah. That's when I, I forgot I was tired. I started screaming and calling the names of my ancestors and um, celebrating that wow. this is ours, this is the land of our ancestors. Yeah. And also because I could see with the naked eye the tallest waterfalls in the world, Utukela waterfalls. For oh, a long wow. time it was said that uh, the, the, the angel falls in Venezuela are the tallest. But yeah. the, the research has proved in the past five years that uh, Utugela waterfalls is the tallest, the tallest and the Angel Falls in Venezuela are the second tallest. Oh, wow. And now let's spread the word. Let our young people do more research and um, write articles and, 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 yes. and essays about this wonderful information. I, Maybe dream of going to see the source yeah. of Utugela River and the Utugela waterfalls. I do love what you're saying. So I never knew about uh, the Utugela waterfalls being the oh, tallest. Yes. So I'm learning something new today. But what oh, you are yes. saying is if we can use astronomy which is not astrology it's not it's not saying are you a gemini or an aquarius or whatever little bits of superstition it's saying if you can track the movement of the earth the sun the 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 moon when it when it glows once a month or twice a month the size of the moon the measurements and the proximity of the planets moving around the sun then you are able to trace track time space energies, feelings, and tap into history. And when you can do that, then you're able to bring nature uh, in its majesty into context for how we live in a symbiotic relationship with nature is what I'm hearing Omamkina Mkhlope telling us. Actress, author, playwright, poet. We stay with her in a moment. The Spotlight. Sometimes when it rains... Sometimes when it rains, I smile to myself and I think of times when as a child I'd run into the rain playing When we like grow up, I'll grow up tomorrow When we like grow up, I'll grow up tomorrow Sometimes when it rains, I think of times when I used to watch people And wonder, why do they need clothes? They get wet, you know Sometimes when it rains, I think of times when we used to watch goats running so fast from the rain while sheep seem to enjoy it. <laughs> Sometimes when it rains, I think of times when we had to undress, carry the small bundles of uniforms and books on our heads and cross the river after school. Sometimes when it rains, I think of times when it rained for hours and filled our drum so we didn't have to fetch water from the river for a day or two. (laughs) Sometimes when it rains, for hours on end, I think of people who have nothing to eat, nowhere to sleep, and no friends to hold them. Sometimes when it rains, day After day, after day, I think of mothers who give birth in squatter camps under plastic shelters at the mercy of cold and angry winds. And right there, you can hear in the work and the spoken word of Umamkina Mklope, the very, very evocative imagery. So 
and the social commentary. So we all love the rain. I played in the rain yesterday when it rained, right? And you just want to dance in the rain. She says dance naked. So we can all, we can all, that resonates with all of us because we want to play in the rain. It takes us back to an innocent uh, childhood. Imlanjeni uh, by the river, those those very authentic Zulu words that she uses and the innocence of youth in rural areas where people just play by the rivers and, and it's a game and you get wet and and you just forget the, the, the troubles and the worries of an ordinary day. Something, an image we can all uh, relate to. And then she brings us to her female activism. I sometimes think when it rains, a mother giving birth beneath a plastic covering, the humiliation, the vulnerability, the fragility of that very powerful moment of bringing a life into the world under the most dire of circumstances because there's either no hospital or clinic nearby or there are no resources to roof a medical facility. And so the rain turns from that beautiful, innocent expression of just dancing in the puddles to a real reminder of the hardships of living in a country like South Africa. And that is why her work is so powerful. She's an actress, playwright, author, the nation's gogo, uh, who's read and spoken and played with many of our youth every afternoon on Takalani Sesame. Thank you for staying with us, Mamkina. And indeed, this poem was written in January 1984. And um, it's one of, I think it's my most translated poem. It has been translated into Portuguese, into Japanese, into Spanish, into wow. French, into German, into what? And um, uh, Professor Mazibugo at UKZN has recently translated it into Isizulu. Yeah. And um, somebody is uh, working on it in Kiswahili. I don't know how many languages yeah. actually will this sometimes when it rains be. But um, one of the things that we did last year, Lerato, I don't know if you heard about it, mm. but... Um, we launched my book, Nozingwadi, Mother mm. of Books, in sign language wow. as a video. And I was so excited when we launched it on the 8th of September at the Bessiehead Library. Oh, my goodness. Mm. And so sign language is going to be a main feature in many of, uh, of the um, sp- spaces where we are working as an organization and also for Kuramshope herself to be growing in the sign language space. Oh, this is so wonderful. And, and how and how poignant and symbolic to be launching it at the Bessie Head Library, yeah. South African yeah. writer based in Botswana who wrote that iconic Ooh. piece of African literature, Marupula, also channeling the whole issue of rain <laughs> as cleansing, as prosperity, uh, and as Absolutely. the sadness of the gods uh, in the sky. Okay, we Correct. move on. You know, yeah, yeah. you've just used the word Ngabonga, and I was reading a tribute online that you wrote to your father just shortly after his passing. Oh. The kind of home he made and uh, built for all of you nine siblings, the love that was shared, the love for learning uh, that was uh, that was promoted in your home, the singing, the prayers, uh, the oral history, the sharing of stories, the sense of community. And you keep repeating the word Ngiabonga, Ngiabonga, Baba, Ngiabonga, Zindela, Ngomontle, Tumeza Gamieni, Yes. All of those ngiabonga. And then you say, I believe in Isizulu, the most important word is ngiabonga. 
Oh, yes. My father repeated that again and again. If you did not take that from your, my father, then you missed something. He always told us the most beautiful word in his Zulu language is Ngyabonga. And he said, Ubonga okungane, ubonge okulu. Even if you've got a small, small gift or blessing, be grateful. And if you get something big, please be grateful, but also share with others. I assume I get blessed in order to bless others. Mm. Why do you think there's two words apparently that people really struggle to express uh, across races, across geographies? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I love you. It's I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then third is thank you. Why thank do you, you think that is? Why are people scared to say I'm sorry? I apologize. I've wronged you. Why can't people say I love you and express what they feel? Why can't people show gratitude? Why are people just takers without showing gratitude i'm not sure i know why certain people do these things but uh, sometimes when you were not lucky like some of us were watered with love at the very beginning when you know what love feels like you know how to share it with somebody else some people were not that lucky to be watered with love at the early stages of Mm. their lives so they don't know how to express it because nobody ever expressed it to them and uh, then some people, of course, just believe, oh, come on, you're supposed to like me. Come on, Dorato, really. You don't like me. Like, what's wrong with you? Mm. <laughs> and then the element of um, saying sorry. Uh, some people are so full of themselves that they think that I don't have to apologize. Or they, they feel like, you know I'm sorry. Do I have to say it? Mm. They find other ways of going around to say the word, I am sorry, to apologize. And to to also work on not doing whatever it was that offended or hurt another human being, not to do it again. Mm. Because saying sorry over and over and over, it's an ugly song, isn't it? Mm. So that is important. When it comes to Ngiabonga, it has to do with a sense of entitlement feeling that uh, people have got to do things for you. People have got to give um, things to you. They've got to um, prepare something for you. They've got to open doors for you. They've got to um, make things easier for you. Uh, Nobody owes you anything in this world. Nobody, nobody. Um, Also, you've got to work hard for whatever it is that you are striving for. And um, you're seeing in different languages, actually. It's not even in Isizulu or Isikosa. In different languages, Unkulunkulu Sizabaz. The Almighty God helps those who help themselves. Get started. Even in, in the business space and different places, people want to go and ask for assistance, whether it's funding or whatever. But when you are already on the journey, it is more um, heartwarming for the person who might assist you with the funds that you need because you've already started. You're already on the journey. And that makes it possible. This person means business. This person is serious about what they are asking to be assisted with because you've already started with the little that you have. They say, um, do the best that you can with what you have right where you are. Oh, I love it. And again, this takes us back to the very first word you spoke when we started. You said, I had a gratitude Thursday. So it's an intrinsic part of how you live, saying thank you, not being entitled, showing appreciation and valuing other people. Such an important lesson, Mamkina. Let's go to the more technical lessons you teach. This love for reading uh, and working with your Nozingwati, Mother of Books Literacy campaign. I have somebody online saying... Uh, Umandla, he says, Lerato, back in around 1991 or 1992, 
I was at the Rand Preparatory School in Bezadenhurt Valley and she changed my view on reading, my love for reading. She was and is amazing and I want to thank her for that. So that's a tribute and an acknowledgement of you. But let's go to what statistics reveal to us is that uh, unfortunately, and I know it's not a comprehensive poll, it was a poll of about 35 countries. South Africa was at the bottom of the pile in terms of these 34 or 5 countries that uh, were looked at uh, as having students who can either read for comprehension. And it was found that in grade 4, South African students couldn't. Now, if we'd done a comprehensive study of 193 countries in the world, I don't think South Africa would have come to the bottom of the pile. But that's neither here nor there. Within oh. the peerage, South Africa failed. Why is that? Okay. Some of the uh, of this question keeps rising up again and again, you know, about uh, the fact that uh, South African children cannot read for comprehension, read for meaning and whatever. Um, this mostly this research is done by people who come from other countries, by the way, mm-hmm. and they are paid a lot of money. And I'm asking, who do they work with when they go into those schools? There are spaces where I agree some children cannot read uh, for for comprehension, mm-hmm. but there are spaces where we work, where we physically arrive and see for ourselves that children are reading, children are reviewing books in both mother tongue and in English, and they comprehend. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody talks about those. Some of the times, I wish that um, we can we can have some of these officials come without the bodyguards, no, we, 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 and um, sit there at the back and watch what goes on. There are teachers who work so hard. There are Mm. schools that are doing so well, Mm. but we don't hear enough about them because the focus in South Africa is at the summit, at the metric level. Mm. And we don't focus on the primary school level. You know, once you take care of the foundation phase, it's like building a house. Mm. The rest of, of, of the journey, of, of academic journey for our students will take care of themselves. You don't have to worry about 100% or 61% or whatever percentage you want to go on and on and on about because mm. you've sorted out the foundation. Okay. I don't know how many times I can say this. Can, can just, hello, government, are you there? <laughs> Believe me, they listen. They listen so much so that Please, somebody that apparently they, they ask, is it Lerato interviewing me? I don't want to. Only the brave come. Only the strongest survive. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but what we do know is that um, Minister Angie Mutsera, I know she gets a lot of flack, but she's mm-hmm, been making mm-hmm. the right noises recently about the really the importance of focusing on early childhood development, the nursery mm. schools, the primary schools, saying yeah, if you yeah. don't get a child at the formative stage where their brain yeah. is most agile, at the foundational Correct. stage, Correct. then really really and truly all the other efforts uh, 10 years later aren't really going to matter because at the child with the at the age where the child's brain can absorb information like a sponge is not where we're teaching them to read to 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 count to develop little um, methods of of formulation in their heads and and she yeah. really thinks we we're missing a beat there they should have known that in 1994 already they should have mm-hmm. known that. And, 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 and when you think that uh, when I went to school, you could never pass, you could never go to standard two if you could not read and write. Like, really, really. The, the foundation phase, they, they did so much, the teachers. And one of the most annoying things that happened uh, earlier on in our democracy, they closed down teacher training colleges. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would do that? Mm-hmm. 
they they close down teacher training colleges in this country, and then then they come and they bring these overseasians to do research to prove that South African children cannot read for comprehension. Yeah. So okay. so much pain has been um, visited on the parents and the teachers who are trying, who want to work so hard. I'm talking about teachers who see education and teaching as a calling, not as mm. a job. And back home, I know that for a fact. Okay, and so from your experiences, from your vantage point, where you see children thriving, learning, developing mm. a passion, even an obsession for reading, what is the thing that cultivates that passion? You know, those children you are referring to who love to read, how, mm. how, how have the teachers made it exciting, um, intuitive, uh, just nurtured this love <clears throat> for reading? Is it merging the arts? Uh, with the the text, is it performing the text? What makes it creative and dynamic so that a child is looking forward to picking up a book? There's that triangle relationship, the learner, the parent, the teacher. Mm. Once the parents are involved in the education of their children and caring that their children can read and showing them that reading is something enjoyable, something that is hip, something that is worthy, then the children will do unless we we, we 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 get involved as parents you, you see it, it, children are going to treat a book as just that extra thing that you do in order to pass your exams that's all it should not be that because it has to be a lifetime and once you've um, finished your matric you've got to go to university and what happens then nobody's going to be bugging you and asking to you to come to lectures and uh, whether mm. you read this or re- mm. didn't re- read that then you drop out in spite of coming to a school mm. with a hundred percent pass rate no one is going to chase you and tell you to, to read. But because you're not in the habit of reading, then you're going to feel like university is horrible. It's so unfair okay. and what, and, and then I'm black and then I'm what. But if you get into the spirit, into the tradition, into the, 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 the lifestyle of reading, yeah. there are, there's so much information out there that is accessible right. to you. But the reading is the secondary part. The first part is the writing, then comes the reading, then comes the mm. comprehension yes, and yes. and the forming of opinions. So tell mm. us about your writing process and from the start, what you are hoping the output will be at the end. You know, I write in order to express <laughs> to myself what I'm feeling, what mm. I'm observing. So if I like what I have produced, then I have got the confidence to share with others. The operative word is sharing. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing with others. And not everybody I produce with my, not everything, sorry, not every piece of writing that I produce is worthy. So there are some of those things that fall by the wayside. And, yeah. oh, shame, man. Yeah. That was a nice try. <laughs> and then you have to accept whether it's music, whether it's poetry, whether it's a short story or the what. You know, when, when I, I performed for the first time, <laughs> the, the, the Tokozani, the airline, I'm so glad it was filmed. Yeah. Because then I sat down and I looked at it. I said, yo, madam, you need to rehearse. Ne? Yeah. yeah, nice story, Mara. <laughs> so you must accept rehearse. failure along the, along the way. Life. I'm sorry? You must accept failure along the way. Failure along the way. And some people will write something and then give it to somebody. Can you look at this for me? Read for me. And the only response they expect from you, oh, this is a work of genius. Mm. If you don't say that, then you are horrible. Then you're not kind. Mm. Even if it's something small that they could fix. Something yeah. small. They don't want to fix anything. They've produced a work of art. And it's, it's, it's the best in the world. In fact, nobody's ever produced anything like that. And that is sad. 
because we have got to accept that uh, not everything I do is the best. Mm-hmm. Just keep on trying and keep on trying. Yeah. I mean, l- l- look at people who do who are, who are um, athletes, yes. people who are in, in swimming, people yeah. who are dancers. It is hard work. Yeah. Yeah, it was you Until saying that day when you are when you are able to go to a competition and win yeah. and another one and another one. Yeah. And the same thing applies to us as creative writers. There are times when or maybe maybe it's the language that you have chosen. It is not the one that will express what you are asking. That mm-hmm. is why I write in, in, in these three languages, because something that I'm writing doesn't make sense in, 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 in Sikosa or Sizul or in English. I have to find the way that, that, that I can say it in another language and then it makes sense. Yeah, it was Usain Bolt who said, you know, you train for up to 12 years mm-hmm. only to run a race for 40 seconds correct or 20 correct. seconds but no, you no. train for 12 years for that moment of glory that's for sure that's for sure you know, you know when i went to, when i was um, asked to perform at the world cup in germany in 2006 yeah I mean, normally I look forward to go, to go on stage. I'm excited to meet my audience. Let's do this. Yeah. But on that day, yo, 2 a.m., I'm still pacing up and down in my, in my, in my hotel room. Yeah. I'm pacing and I'm pacing. And eventually, I'm backstage. And then the show, it's only 15 minutes, 15 minutes that I'm yeah. going to perform on stage. But because it was so important, what I'm saying yeah. and how I'm representing yeah. um, my country and my continent at the, at the World Cup, and we were going to be inviting the world to come to the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, yeah. in the audience were presidents, were dignitaries from FIFA and other um, sports um, uh, organizations, and then the, the United Nations. I mean, heavyweights are in the audience. Actually, <laughs> must go on that stage and do her thing. <laughs> And then when, you, when I walk on that stage, there are the technical things. And you know the Germans, most everything, they're going to do it correctly. And, and on time. the pyrotechnics, I haven't seen them. And then this fiery thing goes up in front of me. And I'm not scared, definitely. You're not scared. Focus, focus. Do what yeah. you're supposed to do. And then I'm saying something. And then the planets are turning behind me. And I can't look back. I've got to do it correctly. And then finally, when I'm finished, I feel like, Yo, what a long race I've yeah. run. But I'm so grateful again. Oh, vitamin gratitude. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. So finally you've done it. But all the preparation, all the... And if I had messed up, I would be known as that Yambonaman, that, 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 one with a difficult name from South Africa. This thing was watched live around the world, yeah. millions of viewers. Yeah. And, you know, and if, if I had messed up, I was conscious of that. Yeah. That I'm representing my country and my continent. I love this for you. So you've got a very strong work ethic. We've got a few callers coming through, but very briefly, you've written many things, poetry, plays, but you've also written an autobiographical play. Have you mm. seen Zandile? And again, yeah. it's received many awards. It's been performed all over the world, French festivals from Edinburgh uh, to um, uh, the BBC, to Montreal, Chicago, you name Chicago. it. What was the essence of that story? How did you depict yourself? It's an autobiography. So when you wrote that love letter to young Athena, what were you saying? I needed um, to recover my mother's passing. My mother died in, in um, December 1984. There were three options. I could um, go into deep depression. Mm-hmm. Second option, I could learn to drink alcohol. I don't know how that, that would have turned out. Um, option number three, sit down and write. And that's what I did. 
Mm-hmm. And so when I performed that play, I was um, sharing what was deepest inside me and all the experiences that I've had. And it was a personal, deeply personal story, but it turned out to be a very universal story. And so I would be saying to the young Akunam Shope, what is deeply, truly, honestly you is the most universal part of the person mm. who you are and shall always be. Be your true authentic self. I love that. Peter, yeah. good morning. Peter? Rado, how are you? Fine, thank you, sir. Go ahead. Yes. Mam Kina Gunjan. Mam Kina, I'm just a young guy. I'm just a young man who is really proud, who's extremely proud of your work. And um, I would, you know, there was a commercial doing rounds on on SABC One, and you were talking there. There, there, mm. there are words that that stood out for me. You said the government should stop the shackles of English only to our kids. I want you to yeah. answer me that question. And be, mm. before that, before that, um, I also want to know um, about your uh, theatre work. What's happening currently? Uh, and the Nandi role that you're supposed to play, can you please <laughs> clarify more about that? Right. Where are you based? I, I am in Hamanskral, Mama. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. God bless you. I, I, I hope and pray, I, I hope and pray, Thank you, sir. Tabo, good morning. Quickly, Lerato, Lerato, I agree with your guest 110%. And then there's a say by Nelson Mandela that says, Fools multiply when wise men are silent. Mm. You know, I wish we had this kind of people in our government who can see so 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 solutions. You know, but unfortunately, we it, we don't. Mama, I love your work. Mm. Let, 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 let me tell you something. We always look on higher education, but we forget the foundation. Yeah, okay. I always come across my teachers who who who, who taught me at mm. primary school, okay. and then last week, not long long, long ago, I, I came across one of my teachers. Okay. With my wife and kid, yeah. she was she was with her daughter, and I told her daughter that if it wasn't for this woman, yeah. I wouldn't be the man that I am to today. Tabo, because of Lerato. Tabo, thank you. Something. We can't, we don't have time, but we must honor our teachers. Funny in Lombardy. Funny. Yebo, hello, Mam Krina. Yebo, Ukulumano Fani from Alexander. Funny Kotuga, the youngest boy who was born eleven years. The one Yes, ma'am. Where are you? I'm from, I'm still here in, in Kalalai Lombati, oh, ma'am. Give Lerato your number. Give Lerato your number. You're going to come to Japan when an army is of Kuduma. Mama, yes, I'm teaching the youngest people. And keep on, ma'am. I'll give to Rato. Please give Rato your number. I would like to be in touch with you, Fanny Kufaduka. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Wow. And in course, Kona Malinga says, please <laughs> tell Mam Tina I absolutely love her and appreciate her work and her existence. It's had a profound impact on my journey as a journalist, says Goskona Malinga. Mam Tina, many oh. people are loving you. We don't have time, unfortunately. Uh, just tell people where they can find you, your work, your books, your role as Mam Nandi, uh, the queen of the Zulus in theatre. Yeah, boy. 
I think information in Italy, I am the narrator in the big musical, Nandi, the musical, and um, an amazing, amazing performer, she's acting Nandi. She's phenomenal, one of the most talented, talented actresses we ever saw. And Mr. Umsongo has done an amazing job. The amount of research that went into producing Nandi the musical. So much history is there with music that just uh, throbs in your chest. And you know that everybody gives their very best in that. Uh. It's at the Soweto Theatre and it opened last night and it's going to be performed again tonight and uh, tomorrow night on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I think they've got a matinee at 3 o'clock. I'm a ticket 150 rands. And then when you bring um, nine more people, you get a hundred rands to, to, to per person yeah. as a first ticket. So th- there's that. Our history is uh, is shared with such power on that stage, and don't miss it. It's a very short run. I'm hoping that there will be more sponsorship Absolutely. and support for Nandi the musical to go to more audiences for more of South Africa to be re-inspired to tell the stories of their people. I love this, Mamtina. So for all of you in Soweto, any month end, yeah, So if you're thinking, yes, what can I do? End. What can I do this weekend? You can go to the Soweto Theatre today, tomorrow, uh, Sunday in the afternoon. For 150 mm-hmm. rands, you get to watch Nandi, the musical, the narration Absolutely. of that history, narrated by the great Dina Mklope. It's a, it's a musical, so there's music, there's acting, there's this kind of poetry and narration. And if you bring more people with you, then you're getting a discount. So please, we want to see you, Mam Dina, and we want to encourage the people of Soweto to show up for you. I've learned many things today, but this is the most important one. Gratitude matters, and you need to express gratitude in a way in which you drink vitamins every day for your health. If you do it, then you are living a vitamin gratitude, as Mamkdinam Klope has taught us, actress, author, and poet. It's how we end Power Talk for this week, the last Friday of January. we see you on Monday. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.